we have been watching the personal rise of David, the newly anointed, soon to be king of Israel, along with the personal downfall of the current spirit deficient king of Israel, King Saul. And now we've come to a part of the story where David's kingdom, his following, begins to appear. He can't seem to find an escape from Saul's hitman or Saul himself, so he's on the run. His first pit stop was at Nob to talk with Ahimelech the priest. He gained some food and some weapons from Ahimelech, and we are told that a man named Doeg was there as well, which will come into play later. But then David takes off for the city of Gath, Philistine territory, and he puts on a show of deception when he fears his life is being threatened. All of this behavior, like we said last time, is odd for David, who up until this point had been faithful to the Lord and dependent upon the Lord. But the beginning of chapter 22 tells us that David departs from his previous Philistine location and he comes to the cave of Adullam. While there, his brothers and family, who are no doubt also being hunted by Saul, join him in the cave. And then we're told that all of those who were in distress, in debt, and discontented gathered to him. So it appears that there is trouble in Saul's kingdom so that people are growing tired of his maniacal ways and they are looking for another option. And they see in David a better option, a better choice. They see hope and godliness, humility, strength and courage. They see the type of leader they need, the type of leader they want. 400 men come to him, the start of what would become a glorious kingdom. And David is made captain over them. Does this perhaps remind you of another leader? who attracted to himself the outcast of society, the downtrodden, the discontented, the poor? Well, of course it does. We see in David a small picture of the Christ to come. Jesus, by means of his teaching, by means of his godliness, his compassion, his humility, his strength, his authority, attracted to himself the outcast. He called to himself fishermen, tax collectors, political zealots, demon-possessed women, prostitutes, people of no significant influence, people who possessed and wielded little, if any, worldly power. And yet, it was those distressed, in debt, and discontented people that God used to form the core of what would become a powerful force and kingdom. And it was those type of people that Jesus brought around himself who would form the core nucleus of what would become a powerful force and church led by God's Son, empowered by God's Spirit. Even their enemies recognized this about the church when they called Peter and John uneducated or common men. What was happening in seed form in 1 Samuel 22 is fulfilled among us today. The revival of God's kingdom under the leadership and the kingship of God's chosen king was underway, and we are the continuation of that greater David. King Jesus. We stand in a long line of rejects. We are the bands of the discontented and distressed. We are the outcast, and we have found our hope and our refuge in our leader, King Jesus. What could God do with a group of people who realized their own nothingness and leaned into dependence upon God for everything? The battles that would be fought and won, the glory that would be exhibited, you see, the church is not a sit-and-listen organization. It is a hear-and-march army. Neither is it a personal or private spiritual pick-me-up. You are joined to something larger than yourself, greater than yourself, more important than yourself. 
There has been a calling and commission placed upon us that we have accepted in following our king. There is a mission. And that mission is to hold out hope to others who are discontented and distressed around the world. It is to hold up our king to those who have grown tired and hurt by the current king over their life, which is their own sinfulness and idolatry. So let me ask you, are you a church member on mission or are you just a sit and listen member? Are you marching in the cause of raising up disciples through your school or through your home in your own life? Are you marching to send the gospel out overseas? You need to know because sometimes, sometimes when you are committed to this mission, it means gathering in a cave. It means remaining the outcast of the world strangers and aliens in this place. As you pray today, please remember Brian Reisner and his family, our missionaries in Romania. And also remember the Kenyarwanda Lifeward broadcast that's heard throughout Rwanda.